the medicine, I'm on the pavement, thinking about the government. The man in a trench coat, batch out laid off, says he's got a bad cough, wants to get it paid off. Look out, kid, it's something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway, looking for a new friend. The man in a coonskin cap and a pig pen wants $11 bills. You only got 10. Well, hello, everyone. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 159 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Thanks for joining us today. Our episode is a deep dive into the Steve Bannon indictment for the We Build the Wall fraud scheme. Welcome to everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, Still a tough time out there with the pandemic. We have political season heating up, and uh, hope everybody's staying healthy and safe. Uh, before we get started, let's uh, let's hear our ad from com- our sponsor, Compliance Steel Compliance Solutions. Steel Compliance is the global leader in compliance and ethics management. Steel's compliance and ethics platform is comprehensive, robust, and easy to use to promote a company's culture of compliance. Steel partners with the world's largest, most respected companies to deliver compliance products and services that help organizations embrace a culture of compliance while protecting their brand. Building an ethical culture is a complex undertaking that requires a detailed understanding of the global compliance environment, considerable time, and specialized expertise. Steel's end-to-end ethics and compliance platform is designed to provide compliance officers with the solutions they need to proactively address changing regulatory and reputational risks. Steel's Ethics and Compliance Automated Platform offers critical functions designed to promote a speak-up culture to advance employee engagement, reporting, and incident management, investigate promptly and fairly potential incidents to ensure compliance with your organization's code of conduct and applicable laws and regulations, including anti-corruption, anti-money laundering, antitrust, sanctions, cybersecurity, and data privacy. Manage your organization's compliance policies and procedures to ensure that policies are updated and disseminated effectively so that employees understand your organization's compliance requirements. Educate and engage your organization to promote understanding in how your compliance program applies to -to day-to-day operations. And evaluate and monitor your organization's business partners, vendors, suppliers, and customers to mitigate risk and ensure adherence to your organization's ethics and compliance requirements. To learn more about Steel's compliance solutions, please contact us at email steelglobal.com or call 415-692-5000. Well, I thought it would be a good idea to uh, take a look at this indictment, not because the Steve Bannon indictment, uh, not for any you know, political reason, uh, but really just to look at the nature of the fraud and really to show that a lot of the principles we deal with in compliance and in financial controls, uh, they're pretty limited sort of range of tools for fraud schemes. And here we have what I would call just another classic uh, fraud scheme. So it's an interesting indictment. It obviously has political overtones. Uh, Steve Bannon is uh, uh, quite the character. Uh, who immediately, as you'll recall, after being indicted, arrested on a billionaire boat, a billionaire boat out in uh, off of uh, New York, um, you know, came through 
uh, went through his uh, presentment uh, and arraignment on the indictment and then, you know, started to say this was a political prosecution. Um, when you go through the facts, what you, at least from the indictment perspective, is you definitely get a sense that they, the government has been doing an investigation for a while. They have a fair amount of documents, and it's not just Steve Bannon, but other people who were in, uh, involved as well. So the indictment, uh, I mean, it was a surprise. There was no sort of disclosure of an investigation, even though it's apparent that the investigation began last year. And it was conducted by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York. And that also raised an interesting question because there was the controversy when uh, the Attorney General, uh, Mr. Barr, um, basically pushed out uh, Jeff Berman from uh, the uh, position as the U.S. Attorney in New York. And there was some, uh, there were allegations that there were sort of some prosecutions that uh, they wanted to sort of slow down or whatever. But uh, interestingly, shortly after that's you know, sort of controversy broke. Here's what we had. Uh, the Bannon indictment comes out. So Steve Bannon was uh, indicted with uh, three other people, Brian Colfage, who was actually the main sort of primary uh, instigator of this whole thing, Andrew uh, Bodolato and Timothy Shea. Uh, all four were indicted for defrauding hundreds of thousands of donors uh, in response to the quote-unquote, we build the wall online fundraising campaign. And the indictment charges the defendants in defrauding uh, online donors for more than $25 million. And think about that. These are a lot of small donations. And uh, so this fraud scheme obviously collected a lot of money from a lot of different people uh, for the $25 million uh, that's cited by the government. And uh, as a matter of fact, the government claims that there were hundreds of thousands of donors who were defrauded under the false pretense that all of the money would be spent on the construction of the border wall between Mexico and the United States. So all four defendants were charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to engage in money laundering. Uh, and in an ironic twist, and really, you just can't make this stuff up sometimes, the case was investigated by the United States Postal Inspection uh, Services, and the defendants were arrested and, uh, by U.S. Postal Service Postal Inspection agents. Just speaking from experience, I've, when I was a uh, prosecutor in the U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C., I can tell you that some of the best uh, investigators in the business were United States Postal Inspection Services. They're terrific, uh, incredibly professional, very thorough uh, group of investigators. And uh, it's no surprise that they took on this, uh, this case because of sort of the notoriety of it. But let's talk a little bit about Colfage, uh, who is a disabled war veteran, uh, and he was the founder and public face of We Build the Wall initially. And he repeatedly assured donors uh, that he would not be paid a penny. Notwithstanding this uh, reassurance, though, the, the defendants, all of them, secretly schemed to funnel hundreds of thousands of dollars to Colfage, which he used to pay for his lavish lifestyle. And to hide the scheme, the defendants not only lied to donors, they created, and you're not going to be shocked by this, sham invoices and accounts and shell companies to launder donations and cover up the financial transaction trail. Hence the money laundering uh, offenses as well that are charged, a conspiracy to engage in money laundering. Uh, 
So the scheme was launched not too long ago, in December 2018, and they uh, put together, launched a website for an online crowdfunding campaign called We Build the Wall. And according to statements on the crowdfunding webpage, the campaign was raising funds to donate to the federal government for construction uh, of a wall on the southern border of the United States. And the website included an assurance that, quote, 100% of your donations, close close quote, would be given to the government for the construction of a wall. And if the campaign did not uh, attain its goal, it would refund every single penny in quotes, refund every single penny. Colfage is quoted as repeatedly and falsely stating to the public that he would, quote, not take a penny in salary or compensation, close quote, and that 100% of the funds raised will be used in the execution uh, of our mission and purpose. Uh, Bannon himself was quoted on numerous occasions as saying, quote, we're a volunteer organization, close quotes. So the We Build the Wall online campaign was an instant success. Within the first week, the site raised, this is incredible, $17 million. And based on this success, the campaign drew scrutiny, though, including questions concerning uh, Colfage's background and the plan to give the money to the federal government. Later in December 18, the crowdfunding website suspended the campaign, which by that time had raised uh, $20 million. And the website operator warned Colfage that unless he identified a legitimate nonprofit organization into which those funds could be transferred, the website would return the funds to the donors. And this is where Colfage brings in uh, Bannon and Badalato. Badalato works with Bannon uh, to lead the campaign. And they, uh, Bannon and Badalato, already maintained and operated a nonprofit organization to promote economic nationalism and American sovereignty. And Bannon and Badalato took control of the fundraising organization and the day-to-day activities, including its finances, messaging, donor outreach, and operations. They created a new nonprofit organization. We Build the Wall, Inc., to which they proposed to transfer the money raised on the crowdfunding website and resume operation of the fundraising activities with a modified purpose, which was to fund the private, not government, private construction of a wall along the southern border. They also announced that donors, so the people who had put in the $20 million, would need to opt in to transfer their previous donations to the new We Build the Wall and, in effect, re-raise the $20 million previously donated. So this was the compliance uh, program or the way that they were going to transfer the money all to this new entity. But note that the entity changed to funding the private construction of a wall. And that, to me, just seems you know, like a bald-faced lie on its front. How are we going to have a private construction of a wall when the government is currently in the process of uh, going through eminent domain proceedings to try to get uh, land that they need along the southern border to build a government wall, a government-funded wall? So there were questions almost on its face, and the fact that donors were duped here uh, had probably much to do with the, the reassurances, Bannon's presentation, uh, and participation in this. So starting in uh, 2019, 
the defendants began to mislead donors again and the crowdfunding website, promising them that 100% of the funds that were then opted in by the donors into the new entity would be used for construction of a wall and that Colfage would not take a salary or compensation from the new organization. These false representations were made in solicitations, uh, public statements, social media posts, and press appearances by Colfage and Bannon and others uh, acting at their direction. In fact, Colfage issued statements that were false and misleading and reviewed and approved specifically by Bannon and Bodolato. To reinforce these false representations, the defendants adopted bylaws for the nonprofit organization that contained false representations that none of the defendants could or would receive any compensation from the funds used. So not only did we have public statements being made, website uh, statements that were false, uh, the defendants uh, put into their bylaws uh, the same uh, type of false representations. The defendants also promoted communications that none of the advisory board members, which was chaired by Bannon, by the way, would receive any compensation for their services. Bannon again stated uh, on numerous occasions that he and other principals were volunteers. Bannon and Botolato text each other uh, about these uh, public statements and how important they were to drive donations and since it, quote, removes all taint of self-interest, close quote. The false representations were actually relied upon many donors and uh, repeated to reassure uh, donors. So basically, all four of the defendants worked together then to misappropriate hundreds of thousands of dollars for their personal use. Colfage took more than $350,000 for personal use, including home renovations, payments for a boat, a luxury SUV, a golf cart, jewelry, cosmetic surgery, personal tax payments, and credit card debt. Bannon received over $1 million from We Build the Wall through a nonprofit organization under his control, which he used for personal purposes. The four defendants employed a scheme uh, to route payments from We Build the Wall uh, to Colfage through Bannon's nonprofit organization and a shell company under Timothy Shea's control. The defendants prepared fake invoices and sham vendor arrangements to ensure that the pay arrangements, uh, as Colfage noted in a text message to Badalotto, remain quote-unquote confidential and kept on a quote-unquote need-to-know basis. Colfage specifically requested that a specific p- uh, payment be routed to his spouse, and subsequently a false uh, 1099 document was issued to his spouse and lift- listed the services that she provided as media. In October 2019, the defendants learned they may be under criminal inve- uh, investigation. They switched to encrypted text messaging revised the website to remove the representation that Colfage would not be compensated and added a statement that Colfage would receive a salary beginning in January 2020. Uh, Interesting here in this case, uh, it's clear that, and just through this summary, that they, the government, uh, had collected a lot of information, that being texts, emails, 
internal documents, bylaws, and tracked all of these transactions, identifying uh, as well some of the uh, nonprofit shells that were used, all the way down to invoices, all the way down to uh, sham uh, vendor arrangements, uh, and trailed all the money here. So it's clear that even though this investigation began in October 2019, they collected a lot of uh uh, evidence here. And the case, uh, to be honest with you, seems fairly strong. And it also is uh, pretty straightforward when you think about it in terms of a fraud and uh, how this fraud scheme was used. Uh, under the sentencing guidelines, I was looking at it for Steve Bannon and for some of the others, assuming they don't have any other criminal record, which I believe is true. Uh, you know, they're looking at a probably a guideline range, uh, basically, before we get to enhancements and other thing, maybe six to eight years. So I would expect it'll go up uh, with uh, some of the money laundering uh, aspects of this and other uh, aspects, because just looking at the loss table in the sentencing guidelines, uh, you can come up with uh, uh, five to six years just on that alone before we get to some of the other aspects of the scheme that were carried out. Uh, I think you're probably going to have destruction of evidence, uh, ways to disguise uh, and sort of frustrate the investigation uh, that they, these guys engaged in. Anyways, an interesting case. Let's see what happens. Uh, one thing to note is that because of the pandemic, uh, we're not seeing any criminal trials uh, going to trial, particularly in the Southern District of New York, uh, and it'll be interesting. They have not yet to have a criminal uh, jury trial yet. There have been some people pushing for non-jury trials, some defendants who want to try to get their cases resolved, but uh, that requires the government to agree to that as well. And in some of these cases, the government is not going to agree to that. They would rather try it to a jury. But we'll see. It, I mean, it depends on various factors as to who wants the jury trial, who doesn't want it. So whether Bannon and when he'll go to trial or when this will uh, come to fruition, who knows? Um, it may be uh, easily not until next year for this uh, to get resolved in 2021. Anyways, an interesting case. Some good uh, lessons there again with uh, fraud paperwork uh, and fraud controls. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week uh, with another podcast for you. But uh, in the meantime, uh, stay, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay in touch. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com. Well, hang around the inkwell, hang bell, hard to tell if anything is gonna sell. Try hard.
Cause the vandals took the handles 